All right, everybody, welcome back to the Community Fitness Podcast. We are here on number, episode number 72, and we are joined once again, one of the only times we've ever asked anybody to come back on the show, by Chris Borda, longevity ex expert Chris Borda, and Results Fitness University Business Owner of the Year, the current champ, the current champ. So Chris, thanks for joining us uh, on the show again. Uh, not many people know this, but uh, this is actually our fourth time because of technology. <laughs> yeah, because of technology. Well, I, I appreciate you having me back on again. I'm glad that, you know, I was of value to your clients and I hope uh, whatever information I spew out today will be just as valuable. Yeah, yeah. We had a really good talk the first time. I think it was about a year ago. We did the first conference call or the first podcast episode together. And, and um, upon airing that episode, we had numerous clients come up to us and ask us so many questions. And there were stuff I'm like, man, these are questions for Chris. Like, I'll let them know. And, and, and we kind of got some stuff rolling that way. And we always talked about getting back on another episode and here we are. So we're, we're, we're talking with longevity expert, Chris Borda. Um, we're going to go over some of the stuff that we covered last time. We're going to answer some questions that we've had from some of our members. We're going to see what's going on in Chris's life in general, uh, what he's training for, uh, anything new in the longevity side. And then we're going to cover the nine hallmarks of aging. Does that sound good, Chris? Sounds great. Let's do All it. Right. Cool, man. Well, let's, uh, let's just jump ship and we'll, we'll go right into you. Uh, what's been going on in your life? What's kind of new? What's, what's, what's been fun? Uh, you, you were crowned business owner of the year. Uh, what was it last? Was it November, October, I, I November, think, uh, October, November. I forget which month it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool because I, you guys might not know this or not, but that's the third time I've been up for the award as far as like in the, the finalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought I needed to shake it up a little bit this time. So I submitted a video instead of a little uh, essay. And then I kind of came out and just made a little more of a play out of it than just, you know, reading off of some bullet points. And I think it just grabbed everybody's attention. I'm yeah. not saying that I did anything more than anybody else did, but I think that was uh, a little trick. Yeah, man. It came, out, so. came, out, came out swinging. It came out and swinging. I did come out swinging. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, rightfully so. Like, Totally cool to see that. To see that part of it, I didn't know that was your third time, so that was pretty cool. To, yeah, to, you were up yeah. there and you've been honored with that award, and and obviously it's well deserved. Um, and I think a lot of that also is to do uh, with your ability to stay in business. You've been doing this for 22 years. You've had a gym yeah. for 22 years, which, like, kudos to you. I mean, that's that's a huge accolade in itself. Um, and also to be up there and standing in front of all of us, uh, and and continuing to be able to bring it at that level for that long. And now you're working on this longevity stuff. You're the expert in it, in my mind, come to you with all the answers. Um, so let's kind of dive in a little bit more uh, about that in a moment. But first, what's going on in your training life? What are you training for? What's, 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 uh, my, what's my, my personal training life. Uh, I shifted about a, a little over a year ago. I never even thought about this, but I was always very fast as a kid. Um, you know, way back in 79, I could run a, four, six, five, 40, which was pretty quick back then. They didn't have this kind of training that they have now. And I came upon the master Olympics, it's Olympics for old people. And I said, you know, I want to give this a shot. And actually I, I, I messed up the date and I thought I couldn't compete last year. And actually I could have, but it probably was a good thing that I didn't because I had done really no specific training for it. So since last summer, I have gone after it a little bit and tried to uh, very specific in my training and what I try to accomplish. And I hope to be able to uh, 
um, be victorious in a 50 meter dash and a hundred meter dash. Cool. 50 meters, the guy last year won 50 meters in 7.13 seconds, which is quick. And then, which is amazing to me is in the 100 meter dash, they got faster, they were accelerating because they ran it in a little over 13 seconds. Yeah. I know when I get to about 70 meters, my heart is ready to come out of my chest. So I don't know how long I'm going to do with 100 meters, but I'm certainly going to give it a shot. It's sometime yeah. in May, the second or third weekend in May. Second or third weekend in May. Okay, so we got a few months yet. Yeah, super cool. Super cool. Um, pretty fascinating and pretty cool just to be able to uh, talk to you about it. Somebody who, uh, you know, has been doing this, uh, running the business for 22 years, been basically active and training in some shape or form for, for a majority of his life. And, and now you're giving some purpose. You're giving some meaning to like what you're able to do and, and still able to do. Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. I think it, I think it helps you train when you have some specific goals like that for rather sure. than just going to gym and, you know, trying to keep your weight down and things like that. So I always have little goals like that. Just a little bit more, um, um, taking out a little bit more than I normally do, but we're gonna give it a shot. What can I, all I can do is lose, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, I'm not inviting families and friends, so <laughs> whatever happens, happens. All right. <laughs> I can go to the store and buy a medal. <laughs> it's come on, they would never know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in case, just in case. Just in case. Oh, <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's super awesome. We're definitely gonna be rooting for you and, uh, and, and kind of paying attention to you along the way. Obviously, if you guys watching this from the Unity Fitness side of things, um, if you guys haven't followed him yet, follow Chris. He's he's on Instagram. Follow Yes Fitness. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and make sure you pay attention to all that stuff that they're doing over there uh, in Connecticut. Where at in Connecticut? I'm in Burlington, Connecticut. It's kind of like in the center of the state. There we go. So yeah. get to see what they're doing, all the good things they're doing over there. Um, let's jump into the longevity stuff. So yeah. where where are you kind of at right now? You know, we're 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 a year after what we originally talked about. That you've got a year more information and research and and mm -hmm. uh, that you can share with us. Where where are you kind of at right now? And what's kind of new in the longevity side of things? If there is uh, any like new and upcoming things right now. The the newest thing that I have that I really haven't had time to really check out too much. Uh, I've heard a couple of podcasts on it, and I really haven't had a chance to uh, dig into it too much. I'm trying to write a book, which that is a huge project, much larger than I thought it would be, but um, especially I'm not a writer. We'll but anyway, the one, book on. what's the book on? Books on longevity. Yeah. It's on, it's specific, right now the title is uh, The Expert's Guide to Strength Training for Longevity. So cool. it would be a real big emphasis on longevity and strength training because we it's one thing to just live longer, but we want to be able to live longer and be able to enjoy it. We want to be yeah. able to be active. We want to be able to, you know, carry our grandchildren. We want to be able to go on those hikes, maybe go skiing, whatever it is. So, you know, strength training is such a key to that. And I think people are afraid to strength train correctly. They think all they need to do is walk. And, and honestly, walking is great for you. Don't say don't walk, but mm -hmm. there's so much more to it than just walking. Mm -hmm. And the benefits you get from strength training and strength training correctly hits all the nine hallmarks of aging that we're going to talk about in a little while. So that's, that's the name of the book. Um, it will have... Um, exercises in it. It'll have some programming in it. It'll understand, and it'll explain exactly what goes on in the body and how exercise helps and strength training specifically helps with that process. Super cool. But the, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to have a um, kind of most of the chapters will be done for the mastermind in March. Yeah. And I purposely say that because that will force me to get it done. And I was you just throw thinking, it out there, right? Yeah. Accountability. So I better show up with something in my hand. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing with him. Like, that's a deadline. It's accountability. That's smart. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. You don't want to walk in that door and having said something like that to Alan Cosgrove and not have it in your hand. No way. No way. So I will have something in my hand. Uh, well, I won't be in hand, but it'll be on a desk for sure. But cool. the, um, the, the thing that was really cool that I, I was listening to was, I know we've heard many times about how um, ice bath and cold showers and that will turn on a pathway to um, slow the aging process. And quite honestly, I don't really care for cold showers and I don't want to jump in an ice bath. So maybe I'll die a little bit younger. But this research was based on, it was based on saunas, infrared saunas. And what they're looking at is, what I believe they're looking at, or I haven't looked into it closely enough yet, is that the same type of um, inflammation and that occurs with exercise and you get warmed up like that occurs when you're sitting in the sauna. And there's places like, I'm pretty sure, like uh, Switzerland, where they do it all the time. On a daily basis, they sit in a sauna for however long it is. And they're finding that it's getting the same type of benefits that you would get if you're going out and exercise, which is very cool. Because I like to sit in a sauna. Yeah, I mean, that's, you get the same type of benefits that are from it. And you could do, obviously you could do work when you're sitting in the sauna too, but it's absolutely. It's, yeah. I mean, you can almost get one for at home. You could, there, there's a ton of different ways you can do that. There's, there's home models. And that's not to say you shouldn't be exercising because there's so many other things that happen when you exercise, especially strength training. Right. But I think that's a, that's a neat way to, you know, Hey, you got a few minutes, you got a half an hour, go there and work, maybe meditate. Absolutely. You stress a little bit because that's always something that's going on in our lives. So I, I think it's really great. I haven't looked into the cost of uh, a sauna at home, but I am definitely going to do that. If, if I think the research is, is um, worthy of it, I'm going to go out there and get myself a sauna because I love to sit in heat like that. And Absolutely. I, I hate jumping in cold baths. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the other part of it. Like, that could be something, even a person who, so I, I feel like I get overheated easily. I get, I get hot easily. I sweat easily. Yeah. yeah. I would much, I would much rather do that than even jump in that cold bath or ice bath, which I've done several times before, um, for not the longevity purpose, but for the purpose of like inflammation stuff. And after right. yeah. that stuff, when I was at school at UWL, yeah. um, but be able to do that, like I'm in. You know, you bring a book in there. I'm in, I'm in for that. I'm not in for yeah. jumping into cold. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting. And maybe the next time we get on, I can talk more about it. I just haven't had enough time to research it as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Because, you know, it's studies are easy. Studies are hard to read. You need to, you know, really understand what you're looking at when you're looking at studies. So yeah, there's, there's an art to reading research um, and to be able to do it maybe in an unbiased, unfiltered way, because we all are going to read it in our own way, but to also know how the research was done and understand the way it was done and how everything was ran, there, there's a lot to it where it can be extrapolated pretty easily from a, from a media standpoint just to be able to be pushed around and shared and it kind of skews everything. The media can make a real mess of things. Yeah. Real mess of things. So, yeah. So uh, I'm going to take a look at that. Cool. Uh, cool. I'll let you guys know. Anybody that you're following in particular, like in the industry, like longevity, like who you, who you, who, who are you like waiting to see when they put out the next stuff? The, the main person that I follow is uh, Dr. David Sinclair. He has uh, a, a lab in Harvard 
and he is a geneticist. And I believe it's the geneticists that are really knowing and understanding what's going on in the body, all down to the DNA. And when we get through the hallmarks of aging and things like that, you'll know a little bit more about it. But that's really what I look at. There's some people like Dave Asprey that does a whole, I follow stuff, I read his stuff. He does a whole lot of stuff on um, on anti-aging and longevity. There's a lot of crazy stuff. And I don't think it's things that, you know, the average person is going to do. Like they're not going to do um, infrared treatment on their, on their brains and the mitochondria in their brain or uh, some of the other crazy stuff that he does and all the supplements that he takes and things like that. But you got to keep it kind of simple. And I think that not only does um, Dr. Sinclair make it simple, but I think he's on the right track of what's going on in our body. So that's kind of the stuff that I take a look at. Perfect. And for those of you that don't know, um, Dave Osprey is the, what would you say? He's the founder of the Bulletproof Diet? Bulletproof, correct. Yeah. And he's got a podcast out there. He's got books out there. He's got stores out there with coffee and, and yeah. supplements and all that other stuff. So you can check him out if you're a little bit more interested in, in learning about him. He is, uh, he, he would be, like you said, kind of the crazy stuff. He's kind of on that extreme side of things, but super intelligent. Um, touch base, just really quick note. We, we talked a lot of it about this before we go into the nine hallmarks of aging. We talked a lot about this the first time and how exercise, like not the uh, exercise in general and strength training in general, how it can accelerate the process of all things longevity and how it helps with all things longevity. Like it's another type of thing, a benefit that we're finding exercise and strength training can do. And we already think it does almost everything. It's one of those things that can help with everything, but specifically talk about how it helps with longevity. Okay, so uh, in, in my eyes, exercise and, and strength training specifically is like medicine. I mean, it's, it, it helps the body in so many ways other than just longevity, as we know, and the things that it can do. Mm -hmm. But specifically, when you strength train, there's been studies now that shows all the way at the DNA level, without getting too specific, all the way down into the DNA, and it helps repair the DNA. And when we repair the DNA, it will be able to tell our bodies what to do correctly. It will repair the DNA, it will tell the body, or it will tell the DNA how to replicate correctly. So this is the power of strength training. Before they thought it was only aerobics, but it's not. They see now that it's in strength training as well. So that 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 spike of antioxidant enzymes and the uh, anti-inflammatory that occurs when we do strength training, it, it helps the small oxidative stress that it does. It just helps those pathways cool. to uh, be able to offset the aging and actually reverse the aging process. Super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Powerful stuff, man. We keep hearing more and more about strength training and, and exercise, but when they do good research, we get good, good stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I would say that if, if a person had, I only had two days a week to work out mm -hmm. that I would have you do strength training over anything else. Because if you strength train correctly, you are going to improve your aerobic capacity. Right. Whereas if you do cardiovascular work, you're not going to improve your strength. You're not going to improve, uh, you know, your muscle density or anything like that. You, yes, you'll improve your mitochondria. You'll get more aerobically fit. But when you do strength training correctly, 
you get the cardio component that you don't get when you only do cardio. So if you got two hours a week, if you got twice a week to exercise, that's the thing to do. And what's funny is we say the same thing, that same response is the same answer we give to people who are looking for fat loss. Like, and, and exactly. you, if they have two hours a week for fat loss, they're usually thinking like, I got to bust my button on a cardio or something. We're like, no, if you got two hours a week, like get strength training because you get all the benefits of cardio plus everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty mm -hmm. cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Speaking of pretty cool stuff, the nine hallmarks of aging. I, I, I was, when we talked about this the other day, I, I like my three quarters of my notes are from this. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like a time where I think you and I got, we can nerd out and I, I loved it. Yeah. This is kind yeah. of like the, my background. This is what I went to school for stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, so let's go over those nine, nine hallmarks of aging and then we'll be able to answer questions better of, um, our BCAAs, uh, yep. uh, you said last time when we talked that are basically detrimental to longevity as well as red meat, but we need to understand Correct. this information to understand why we're, why we're in that boat and why we're uh, finding that information out about BCAAs and red meat. Right, right. And I'm going to try to make it as simple for people to understand as possible without nerding out too much. We can nerd out when we get out there to the yeah. mastermind in March. So really what we're trying to do is we're trying to prevent the four major diseases, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and cancer. I mean, that's what we're trying to effectively not happen to our, our bodies, right? So the first of the nine hallmarks of aging is um, genome or genomatic instability. So the genes in our body becomes unstable. So if we want to look at it like this, the genome is like a compact disc. When a compact disc gets a scratch in it, it no longer, or a CD no longer, will give the music like it's supposed to give, right? So when you get that scratch in a DNA, the DNA doesn't get the correct information on how to replicate correctly. So thereby, it's not going to make this the correct gene again. It's not going to make the correct DNA. It's going to make the correct cells again. Thus, things become a mess, right? So just like with a compact disc, if you didn't know this, you can polish a compact disc with toothpaste and that will get rid of it, get rid of the scratch and it will regain the information. So what Dr. Sinclair and his colleagues have found out is that there are ways to fix the genome again, fix that DNA. So when it does replicate, it replicates correctly rather than replicating the wrong way. And exercise, of course, is one of the best ways to help the process along being able to do that. Cool. Super cool. So, another reason. That, if, you're not, if your DNA is not replicating correctly, it could replicate in, into cancer. It could yeah. replicate into another disease. So, I mean, that's so important. I mean, it's not much more important than that, but as we'll see through the other eight that there's other things that are really important. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two is telomere attrition. So when you think of a telomere as the aglet on the end of your shoelace, and it's, it, it protects your shoelace so it doesn't fray. Well, on the end of your DNA, you have these telomeres. And as they decay the cell dies. So when we conceived, a telomere is about 15,000 base pairs. Once we're born, we're already down to 10,000 base pairs. And then every year, you lose about 50 to 100 base pairs on the length of your telomere. So it gets to about 5,000 base pairs, and then a telomere will die. 
it will cement and die. So there's things that we can do in our lifestyles, nutrition, exercise, stress, that can slow the process of losing that aglet, the shortening of the telomere. And with exercise, you can actually re-lengthen that telomere some with the production of telomerase in your system. So that is one of the hallmarks of aging right there, telomere attrition. And that's a lot of lifestyle stuff there too, right? Like a lot of our lifestyle choices. Oh, lifestyle. Stress is big in, in, with telomere length. Um, and it's not stress like, you know, I got to go to work, I got to perform, that kind of stress. It's the stress that we um, just muddle over, over and over and over again. And we just let it just weigh on us all the time. Or like caregivers are big examples, bad examples. You don't be a caregiver. You're telling me your length is shortening much faster than normal people. But exercise, nutrition, sleep, hydration, de-stress, all those things can help slow and with exercise, actually re-lengthen the telomere length. That's a, before we go into the, the, the third hallmark, that's an interesting thing you just said there about caregivers because yeah. most, I would say, I would say about half of our, our population, our membership at Unity Fitness is what I would deem as an, like an actual caregiver of some sort in their family. Um, yeah. Some actually caregivers as a, as like a career. Mm. And, um, it's, it's, it's an, like, just part of me is just thinking now is an ironic thing because a lot of them seem to be more stressed as they get older, because that's when they're kind of taking care of their parents or they have more kids, yes. kids to take care of when obviously the one thing that they want to be around for is their grandkids and their kids yeah. they're potentially losing years of their life from the stress that they're building up from doing the thing that they actually are a love to do because they're helping their family, but B they're good at doing it. Like they've done it their whole life doing this and it's the thing that could be killing them a little bit it, it, it is it is killing them it is killing them they, they need to really learn how to de-stress they need to be able to separate that caregiving from the rest of their life because if if it's just weighing on them all the time it, it's really doing damage to their body brutal. more damage than they know brutal yeah so yeah. Even, even more so the the facts of like getting the exercise in there for the anti-inflammatory stuff that feels exactly. But yeah, taking uh, taking that moment to uh, de-stress seriously, wh whatever it is, we have to find, figure out a way. We're actually doing that in our podcast uh, this week, uh, my live show. Um, since we're gonna move move this one back a week, we're gonna we're gonna do that on like de-stressing and actually finding out how it works for you and and how to notice that that it feels better. That's that's, mm -hmm. that's the episode. Interesting. Nice. Awesome. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Use that nugget you just gave me there. Yeah. Um, all right, we're on hallmark number three. Epi I'm going to try and say this: epigenetic alterations. Did I get that right? Perfect. Probably said it better than I can. Nice, yeah. nice. So we talked a few minutes about the DNA and being able to replicate themselves, but the genome or the DNA tells the cells what to do and what not to do through enzymes and proteins and things like that. So if you think of this as your DNA as a grand piano, 3,000, 30,000 keys, I should say, of keys on a piano. And if those keys are played, played improperly, as the DNA isn't replicating correctly, you start to tell the cells to do the wrong things. So a liver cell might be told what to do with, rather what a muscle cell is told to do. And a muscle cell might be told what 
uh, a lung cell might be told what to do. So it just becomes a huge mess. So we need through exercise, uh, always a theme here, that, that helps the molecular pathways stay correct so that the piano doesn't play the wrong keys at the wrong time. It tells the wrong cells what to do. I should say, it tells the cells to do the wrong thing. Yeah. So it becomes like epigenetic noise, like the noise, the piano is not talking the way it's supposed to talk. And when it's specifically what doesn't talk, and we're going to talk to about sirtuins later, sirtuins kind of protect the body. When it's not telling the sirtuins how to control the cell functions correctly and slow the aging process, it actually will increase the aging process. Or if it's not telling the cell correctly to die, like we're going to talk about a little while later, like it's supposed to, like senes, it becomes a mess. So, you know, this this is a third third of the, the nine things. Uh, epigenetic alterations is a mess. It can become a mess. Oof. And then again, it sounds like lifestyle and a little bit of exercise, like you said, a common theme. Absolutely. Lifestyle. Exercise. Definitely exercise in that process. Oof. All right. Let's keep this common theme going. Number four. Okay. Number four. Loss of proteostasis, proteostasis, which is the protein side of homeostasis in the body. So what is homeostasis? Homeostasis is the body trying to maintain a same level, a same, um, what's the word I want to use? Just to maintain a level even keel, okay? Like balance or like the water on a lake is just calm, right? So an example of this in your body would be when your, body, your, body, your body's temperature becomes too warm, right? What do we do? The body automatically starts to sweat. So it takes the water from the inside of your body to try to get that heat to the exterior of your body and have wind come by and cool you off. That's a system in your body trying to maintain the body's temperature of homeostasis. And in turn, if we get too cold, it restricts the blood cells the blood vessels and tries to transfer and, and, and keep the heat internally. So that's what homeostasis is. So as it refers to proteins, if the body can't maintain the protein homeostasis of going in and out of the cells correctly, it increases the aging process. It accelerates the aging process, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So being able to have that homeostasis at a constant level mm -hmm. uh, or near constant with that, not go into this different changes all the time helps. Right. Is, is that something again, is it exercise and, and lifestyle choice that helps, helps keep that in there? What's in that one? You know, I, I'm not exactly sure about that. I would, I would guess that it is since exercise help everything else, but I don't know of any specific studies off the top of my head that uh, do that, but maybe I should look that up. So next time I'll know. Yeah, that'd specifically, be you know, I yeah. definitely should. But um, <clears throat> it might also, when we talk a little bit about um, the deregulated nutrient sensing, like we're going to talk about right now, mm -hmm. and there's proteins involved in this, the four major proteins associated with this, that and I know exercise helps this. So I would imagine that it would help the loss of the homeostasis because Next, we're going to talk about the deregulated nutrient sensing. So the body doesn't sense the uh, nutrients like we should at the cellular level. So, for example, insulin. 
Insulin gets into our bloodstream, comes up to the cell, knocks on the door, the cell opens the door and it takes an insulin, okay? As we no longer, all right, it gets worse and worse in our, um, in our insulin resistance, the insulin has to knock more and more and louder and louder on the door for the door to open. It knocks on the door to the point where it knocks so hard and loud that it no longer opens the door and the insulin is no longer absorbed. Insulin resistance, diabetes. So that's what happens with, the, with other nutrients in the body, with other things. So exercise will, we know, improve the sensitivity of the cells to the proteins. The proteins that are associated with those things that are associated with aging, like insulin, rapamycin or mTOR, uh, AMPK, and the sirtuins, which we're gonna talk a little bit about later. Those four things, the body will become more sensitive to that and less restrictive so metabolism can be regulated better in its uptake. Kind of makes sense. It, it, to me, it does. Yes, I, but I think, it does. I think I think you I think you described it in a in a very good way to um, everybody else. And and I think I think just to to help maybe even clean some of this up too is like I don't I don't know if people insulin is a hormone, mm -hmm. and 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 it's one of those things where hormones are released in the body as a response to something. Correct. Uh, basically, what we're seeing now is like there's there's a our hormones in our body can't be processed correctly. And if the hormones are ever out of whack, everything else is going to be kind of out of whack. Exactly. And insulin is an example, because I, I think most people know what insulin is and what, right. It, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's knocking on the door and, and basically the cell's saying, nah, we, we don't, we don't care. We don't want, we don't, we don't want care. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I think you described it perfectly. So our next one, the sixth one is the mitochondrial dysfunction. So mitochondria are, are in our cells and they're the powerhouse of our cells. That's where we get our energy from. And they metabolize all the nutrients that are consumed to create energy in our cells. And it, it produces about 90% of the energy in our cells, which we absolutely need to survive. So when we don't have as much mitochondria as we did when we were younger, or they're not as strong as they were when younger, things don't work as well as they should. So think of the mitochondria as like a battery. And that battery needs to be discharged as well as charged. When does it get charged? It gets charged when we exercise. So we want to exercise to be able to maintain the mitochondria as much and as best we can. Because they're the power plants of our body. That's where we get all our energy from. So... Um, we de it decreases in the, in the aging process and exercise will help recharge those batteries. And we can recharge them through creating new, stronger batteries, or we can recharge them by creating more of those batteries, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to necessarily be brand new ones. We can just make more, uh, more available. Exactly. Cool. And what does that? Exercise. There you go. Training, a little bit of cardio work. Yep. You yep. get a lot of that from strength training. So yep. strength. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So all oh, that's good stuff. Absolutely. So the next one is cellular senescing. That's when a cell dies. It's supposed to go away. It's supposed to go down the trash and flushed out. But what happens is 
Cellucinensing no longer happens. The cells become zombie cells. And those zombie cells just start to bounce around and take up space where they shouldn't be taking up space. So a good example of this is amyloid. It's in our brains. And when those cells do not get senesced and move on, they start to cause Alzheimer's. It just starts to cloud everything up and bunch things up and take up space that should not be taken up. And so cellular senescing is a big, can be a very huge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously that can lead to, uh, it sounds like a couple of different health issues, especially if anything's yeah. leading to the brain. Yeah. Um, and I think I asked this before too, do the zombie cells, they take up the space, do they, do they still take away nutrients or anything from other cells? Do you know if there's anything like that? Like, are they... You know, you asked me that question last before, and I don't really remember the answer to that. And I should have a piece of paper so I have two notes to make to find out about that because I'm not sure if they still take up nutrients or not. I've got I'm you. Not positive. I've got you here. I'll get notes to you so I can ta- and pass them over. Yeah. Since hey. the last time we talked, it's just been gas on the pedal. There's been no time to do anything. Yeah. No. Well, it's just a couple of days ago, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was, I'm curious and I, and I have that written down here and I don't have it yeah. down. So I was just like, crap, I didn't have that answer. Written down. That's a great question though. And, and I need to find that out because I know they just take up space and whether they're still taking up nutrients. Yeah. That would be a double whammy. Space too. Like, especially like we just said in the brain, mm-hmm. you just think about the, the issues that that could cause. Yeah. Um, let's see. Stem cell exhaustion. We are number eight of the nine hallmarks. Yep. So what happens as we age, our stem cells eventually lose their ability to divide, like we talked about before. But what do stem cells do? They replace cells. They go out there and they can morph into different kinds of cells. They can replace tissue. They can replace red blood cells, white blood cells. And when they can no longer do this, when they lose this function, it starts a degeneration process and accelerates the aging process. And an example of that would be, like you just said, another one is like the hair color, right? The graying of your hair, correct. That's an example. Correct. The stem cells uh, not at work in the degeneration process. Right, right. All right. We they are... just get tired. Like, you know, you get tired. And yeah, maybe they, you know, mitochondria, the whole process, everything that we do, we'll be able to maintain the stem cells being able to do what they're supposed to do. That makes sense. Makes everything else easier. Makes everything else function at higher levels. All right. Altered intercellular communication. Number nine. So just like the stem cells gets exhausted, so does the body in the sense that it starts to increase the body's inflammation and (coughs) the cells can no longer talk to each other like they're supposed to talk to each other because of this inflammation. It inhibits the immune system. And it just potentially causes a muscle wasting away, bone loss, and other things like that. So uh, it's known as inflammaging, inflammaging, inflammaging. Um, but basically what happens is the cells can no longer communicate like they're supposed to communicate. Which isn't good. As we would know, like if we were on a cell phone or if we were on this call right now and we can't communicate that we're supposed to communicate, things get messed up. Yeah. It looks like I'm going to – well. Looks like the internet connection's down here just a little bit, Chris, so we'll hang tight for just a second. Yeah. Now it's I didn't see it on my end. Yeah, it's coming back up. Sweet. Uh-huh. All right, perfect. So those are the nine hallmarks of aging, and Chris did a really good job of describing these in, a, in an analogous way so that we kind of understand how they work and how they work well or not well in our body. Okay. We have that information. 
obviously if you need to, to, to listen to that again, go ahead and, and turn around, listen to that, uh, rewind. But now we want to kind of take this to a level of, uh, we have that information, so now it's better uh, able for us to have Chris answer our questions what we had before. So we have uh, two big questions. One of them is, last time we talked was, branch chain amino acids uh, show detrimental to uh, longevity. They, they're detriment, detrimental to longevity. We want to know why, um, why that happened. And then is it, uh, I'll give you that third question to answer here too, is it the same for essential amino acids? And that's one that I'll write down for you so I can send them to you when you're done. Okay. All right, so from those nine things, there are three universal regulators of aging, three, three pathways that we either want to turn on or not turn on uh, in our lifestyles. So the first one is AMPK. It's an enzyme that plays a role in cellular energy homeostasis, like we talked about a little bit before, okay? And it's largely there to activate glucose and fatty acid uptake and the oxidation when uh, the cellular energy is low. So what makes AMPK so important? Because this has to do with nutrition. That during levels of fasting or caloric restriction, levels of AMPK rise and it can help regulate your metabolism better. So in a study in uh, cellular metabolism back in 2017, they linked AMPK to longevity and lifespan because it can manipulate, it can control um, that um, cellular, cellular energy homeostasis. It helps keep the cell homeostasis. So what can we do with our nutrition? We can fast. We can do some type of fasting. But fasting can be a little bit of a challenge for people because you need to learn how to get hungry. And once you fast some, you'll get used to being hungry. You'll really know what hunger is. Some people will fast all day, like all day Monday. I personally can't fast all day Monday. We've talked about it before. I fast on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. I don't eat my breakfast or my snack. My whole life I've gone breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner for a long, long time now. So when I don't eat breakfast or I don't eat my snack in the morning, I get hungry. And what that does is that activates AMPK and it sort of turns on those longevity genes so that I can increase my chances for longevity and lifespan. So you might want to think about doing a little bit of fasting and make sure, I mean, naturally we fast anyway, just about 12 hours every day from, you know, dinner to breakfast, but you've got to make sure that I believe you need to get hungry. You need to have a little bit of a caloric restriction. So if you do fast, don't make up that caloric calories that you didn't eat in the next six hours. Like don't eat more because that's, you know, that's defeating the purpose. But you don't want to do it in a pattern that your body will get used to it. I believe that you would not want to fast every morning and not have breakfast and snack because I believe my body would get used to that then. But if I continue Monday, Wednesday, Friday, eating my snack and my breakfast, Tuesday and Thursday comes along, my body says, where are these calories? And it starts to fast and I get hungry. So that's one of the, the nutrition things that we kind of talked about a little bit last time. Yeah. Um, the second thing, and I will talk specifically about, um, uh, BCAAs and aminos. So a second of the things um, is mTOR, the mTOR pathway. In this pathway, we don't want to turn this pathway on because it accelerates the aging process. So it responds well to amino acids and meats, specifically red meats, okay? And 
when we eat those red meats, it activates mTOR and it will accelerate the aging process. So that's one reason why we, we hear all the time, you know, maybe a vegan diet is better than, you know, having some type of animal proteins because we don't want to turn on mTOR. And there have been some studies that show when we eat red meat in particular and it digests, it produces a byproduct in our guts. Uh, and it's called a molecule called TMAO. And this molecule has been linked to heart disease, Alzheimer's, and strokes. So again, we don't want to turn that thing on because if we do, we're accelerating the aging process. Does that mean that you should never eat red meat again? I'm going to have a burger sometimes, okay? But I'm not going to have it all the time. So that's why we would want to stay away from BCAAs and amino acids in particular. Sure. So a lot of that sounds like it's from the uh, the the nitric oxide too in meats, and and the and the amino acids can produce the nitrates in the body that basically in exactly the, yeah in the gut can accelerate those type of things, and and basically we we talked a little bit about this too, and this is where we talk we got to get Suzanne on this on a on a call together. To do this, yeah. we'll get done. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but if people don't understand the, the importance of their microbiome in the gut and their gut floral health and, and everything that the gut can do to help us be better human, the gut only sends signal one way and it's to the brain. And if that's saying that stuff's going badly, if that's saying that this isn't going well, that the, the food's not good, if we have something going on down here, the brain is then going to release whatever it is into the body to try to correct that, which is somewhat harmful to us at times and could be in health benefits at times right but if, if there's a consistent measure of that it sounds like it's something that um can be more detrimental obviously to longevity but also like other health issues like you're talking about now here too yeah and so when we think about you know what bcaas does it it's asking the body produce more muscle right it's asking the body to grow faster than it would normally grow so what we see is it's, it's a good thing when we're younger, right? Maybe we want to get, gain some, some, some intensity in our muscles. But if you take a look at animals, like a mouse, a mouse grows very fast, it reproduces very fast, and it dies young. Mm -hmm. But when you take a look at a whale, a whale reproduces very slowly. It grows slowly, and it lives for a heck of a long time because it's not accelerating those processes. So we don't want to accelerate the processes. We want it to go slow. That will help with our longevity. So. Absolutely. And I know, uh, I know the one, are you still there, Chris? I, I got yeah, I'm right here. Yep. Yep. Okay, I'm good. Um, I know the one research that I did read on it was that they gave, they gave rats uh, three times the amount of the normal BCAA amount of like a, like an average, I think they must've somehow extrapolated what the average amount of protein was in a daily intake. And they gave them right. three times the amount of that. And that basically killed the rats off uh, I can't remember what I'd have to look it back up again, but it was, it was significantly faster, significantly uh, faster. Right. Yeah. But they were also doing three times the amount of the BCAAs and through that. And there's been a lot of good stuff coming out. Like I, I think, uh, uh, Dave Osprey has been talking about this and Ben Green has been talking about this a little bit too, in terms of the essential amino acids do. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I, my brain goes like, is that our future? Is that the, is that the new mm -hmm. thing? that have the same effect though if it has the same effect obviously we want to be careful of the intake of it and going through that um and red meats it looks like it it sounds like it's kind of everything because there's uh citrulline i think is what the word i'm looking for and celluline are the two words i'm looking for in red meats that cause that stuff the tmao in the gut right 
And that's in all red meats, grass-fed, mm -hmm. grass-fed. It doesn't matter what type of steak it is. It doesn't matter if it's this process yeah. that we can get out there and, and, and whatnot, too. It seems like it's in everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a third regulator of aging, okay, which is the sirtuin pathway. And when we take a look at sirtuins, and this has a little bit more to do about exercise and, nutri and nutrition more than just the BCAAs, but when we take a look at sirtuins, uh, every living being, every orgasm, organism has sirtuins in them to protect the body. And we're, think of sirtuins like you have the White House, and when something bad happens, it sends out the Army or it sends out the Navy, the Marines, whatever it is to try to take care of that problem. And that's basically what the body does with sirtuins and the sirtuin pathways. So it helps with um, preventing disease. And you'll notice in plants, very, in, in vegetables, very vibrant, very colorful vegetables, that means that their sirtuin pathways were turned on at some point in time, maybe because maybe a lack of water or an increase in heat or cold, and it tried to protect itself. And by protecting itself, it actually got redder or green or whatever the vibrant color is. So we can see that that happens in, in our foods as well as what happens in our bodies. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways that we can turn on a sirtuin pathway for the longevity sirtuin pathway. And that way, one of the ways is with Reservatrol. And Reservatrol has been known for a long time as that antioxidant that's in grapes and in, in wine. But the reality is that Reservatrol is a, a very weak antioxidant. And we would have to drink a barrel full of Reservatrol to get the benefits of it on a daily basis. <laughs> Some people might want to do that, not yeah. myself personally. But so when we put, when they put Reservatrol into a mouse, okay, a, a, a fat mouse, it became as healthy as a thin mouse. When they put it into the mice, the mice lived longer. When they put the Reservatrol into the mice every other day, they were even healthier. So it's almost like the, the uh, fasting type thing when, when that happens. So that was one thing that we see that will turn on that sirtuin pathway. Um, and there's seven pathways in the body. The other one is when we intake um, NMN which is nicotinamide mononucleotide. And basically what MNN does, or NR, it will be absorbed into the cell and produce more NAD, nicotinamide adenosine dinucleotide. And what is the importance of, of NAD? Well, NAD regulates gene expression and helps boost the sirtuin pathway. And NAD is what helps keep the mitochondria healthy. And we need NAD. So without NAD, we would, we would die. So NAD kind of helps, well, that it kind of does, but does help with the process of making ATP. And ATP is what we use for the energy in our cells. So this whole NNM or NN thing really wants to is try to increase the amount of NAD in our body. Because at age 50, we have half the NAD we had when we were 20. Okay, so big drop off, big, big drop off. So unhealthy mitochondria means increase in disease, which means increase in aging. So we want to try to have as much NAD in our body as possible. And NAD can be produced 
naturally as long as everything else is kind of working. But when we turn, as we age, that does turn off a little bit. That's what you're saying through that? Exactly. So as we age, we don't have quite as much NAD. So then that's why we don't have quite as much. The mitochondria are not working as well as, as they were before. So in, in, in Dr. Sinclair's mind, he takes uh, Reservatrol and he takes NMN to try to boost his mitochondria or his NAD process to, to boost his mitochondria. Those are some supplements that he takes. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, Reservatrol is not that expensive, but NR and NMN are pretty expensive. So yeah, I, I think they're expensive. Dollars here. Reservatrol is about 20, 25 bucks. NAD, uh, about 50 bucks if you want a good one. I see one over here for $105 if you want to buy it. Right. That's a monthly expense. Yeah, yeah. Right? So sure. um, you, can get, you can get some NR in other ways. And NR turns into uh, NAD. So we can get it through dairy, through milk. Not organic milk, just regular milk is a good source of NR. Uh, fish, your beers, beer. Beer. Lights up your ears. Uh, brown mushrooms, turkey, chicken, yeast, uh, green vegetables. Vegetables are foods that are rich in vitamin B complex, which is like spinach, sweet potatoes, avocados. I mean, grapes, blueberries, chocolate, you know, dark chocolate. You need all the things that we always teach people to eat, right? Yeah. We teach people to eat lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, get your lean proteins in there. And believe it or not, with that, the right nutrients, exercise, you're going to boost your mitochondria. And both aerobic and resistance training will boost your mitochondria, which will increase the enzyme that makes NAD, NAP, MPT. But the bottom line is we need to get as much NAD or uh, mitochondria going as we possibly can. Absolutely. So Those are power cells in our body. So you don't have to go out and spend up 50 or 100 bucks a month. Just eat the right foods. The right foods. Drink your beer. Drink your beer. It's drink awesome. a little. Drink a little beer. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, was the Reservatrol stuff that you talked about, like the grapes and the wine, was that where uh, I think it was? Uh, I, I know it was right when I first started personal training, which was eight years ago. It was shortly after that. Like they came out with the the media came out with the thing where drinking a glass of wine is equivalent to like an hour of cardio each day. Was it from the Reservatrol? You know if that's what that that whole study was about? I don't remember that. Um, because that's the media taking something that's just crazy. Oh, it for sure was. And I remember I had it's like, just nuts. they posted it somewhere and every client was the, the caption was one glass of wine is the equivalent of one hour cardio a day. And it was for heart health. It was something for heart health. I can't remember what it was. They're like, see Jordan, this is going to I'm breaking up again. Oh. oh, you're back there. Are you back? Yeah. Yeah. I lost you for a second. Yeah. It was um, yeah. That's like I said, you need to dr basically drink. Uh, a barrel of, of wine a day yeah. to, you know, get the benefits of a reservoir. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, I know you talked earlier about if you had two hours a week, like if you only have two hours a week, like make sure it counts as strength training. Is there, is there anything else that like, is that the golden ticket right now? Like make sure if you are going to exercise at all, make sure strength training is a part of it. And is there anything that you wish you would have done sooner in your life or that you would change differently earlier on to, to, to really dive into this? Uh, I've exercised pretty much my whole life. Uh, certainly when I was in my twenties, I probably drank too much beer and didn't have the best of diets like the rest of us. Um, but my nutrition has come along and it, it's gotten better in the probably the past 20 years as well. But 
Well, the one thing that I wish I had known more about a little bit earlier is the fasting uh, component to it. Because you know, we've always taught and, and believe the philosophy of at least breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then for fat loss, we're looking to do, you know, five or six meals a day. And we're always very successful, but for longevity, it might not be the best thing. So we always have to take a look at what the goal is in life and what we're trying to accomplish. So I wish that I had known earlier about the longevity, about the effects of longevity, positive effects for longevity from fasting. That's probably the one thing in my own personal life that um, I wish I had known a little bit earlier. That and probably sleep. You know, you know, in our business, it's mornings and nights. And when I opened over 20 years ago, people weren't doing this for a living in small towns in central Connecticut. They might do a little bit in, in the big cities. So I had to bust my butt for a long time, you know, 15 hours a day. And there weren't people that were teaching us how to do it. I mean, you guys are so lucky now. When you open a business, there's systems out there and you can learn from people that have made mistakes. I, I'm that person that made all those mistakes and made them for a long time. So I burned the candle at both ends for a long time. So, um, you know, we always knew sleep was good for you. You just wasn't getting it. Right. Whereas I didn't know that fasting was as good for me as I think it is now. Right, right. Yeah, there's power to both of those things. I've been a big, big major. I've read the book. I mean, I know we talked about it, Why We Sleep. Um, and that book now, it's like, it's got me so scared to even miss out in like 15, 20 minutes of my normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like I start freaking out over it. So it's, it's, it's incredible stuff. It's incredible stuff. It's a balancing act, but it's making sure that when you are, if you are focusing on, on one or two or three things, uh, you know, it's making sure that there's, there's a few things out there that you really uh, do well. And I think one of them is, is making sure that the lifestyles there, making sure that there's exercise into it, yeah. making sure you're eating right way and then getting that, uh, the fasting in there as part of that. And then the sleep, like, like yeah. there, there's more to it than that. That's obviously why we coach people and how we coach people, but right. Big, big, big parts. Well, cool. I think we'll have to, uh, we'll do another episode in the future and we'll see if we can yeah. get Suzanne on. Suzanne's in our, in our coaching group, everybody. She's down at forward fitness in St. Louis, Missouri. <coughs> and uh she's a registered dietitian she's got some good knowledge and some good uh continuing certification gut health and we can we could probably pick her brain and do a joint episode of her in the near future so we'll, we'll make sure we get that going that'd be great and what you do is uh, if you send me those questions both of us let's look it up so we get those answers I, I certainly want to know the answers those are great questions absolutely i will send them to you i've got three of them to send your way i'll send them to you as soon as we're done so once again, everybody this is chris borda he is the longevity expert um we're going to be we're going to be in touch with him in the in the near future we actually get to see him in about a month at our mastermind but uh he's the owner of yes fitness over in connecticut he is also the results fitness university business owner of the year and he is doing his own podcast so make sure you follow them on facebook yes fitness on facebook uh, he's also on Instagram. You can catch him on there, but he's putting up good stuff and he's, and he's teaching everything. He's the expert guys. So make sure we're following him from the fitness side of things. But Chris, Dan, thanks for joining us for episode number 72. It's thank you. It's always awesome. And hopefully one of these times we'll figure out how do we only get on a meeting for one hour and get working. So I don't have to take your time up, but it's always, always, always it's all good, man. It's all good. I appreciate you having me on. Cool, man. Well, as always, everybody, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, leave them in the questions in the comments box below. Uh, is there more stuff that you'd like to hear from Chris? Let me know so I can let him know and we can do this again. But Chris, thanks again for joining us and everybody else. Thanks again for watching. Thank you.